Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are you? It's early. It's weird to be, weird to be, this whole week we're going to be doing a 7.30 a.m. podcast. I, originally, I wanted to do this at like 5 a.m., but uh, that didn't that did work out for the household. So uh, anyway, this is Jeff Galvin of Solid Can I Training. If you missed this, like, you probably thought I was going out at 8. I switched to the last minute just because uh, we've got a one-week uh, uh seminar going on that starts uh, this morning that I've got to be at. It's our uh, mastermind that I've got to be at. So I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be doing that. So we're a little bit early. So I'm sure I took everybody by surprise by the time I tune off and wants to be tuning in. Um, but my name is Jeff Kalman of Solid Canine Training. And this is the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show. And I'm streaming live on Rumble, streaming live on Facebook, streaming live on YouTube. I'm going to set up Instagram this week so I can uh, just have my, at least my camera playing and stream li- streaming live on that. Um, this, this show, I usually pick one topic and they go a little bit deeper into that topic. Um, and then I do some, I do a little bit of Q and A, and I usually keep it short, anywhere from twenty to forty minutes. I've been known to go for an hour in the morning, though. Um, it all depends. Uh, right now, my schedule isn't warranting that because I've got to get Angelo, um, uh, t- t- you know, to camp. Uh, but uh, I really wanted to talk about something probably a lot of people are not familiar with because you might not be, you know, if you're a dog owner and you don't live with that dog. Um, uh, uh, or if you're a dog trainer that was able to resolve it really, really quickly, as we are with a lot of dogs, um, you might not realize that the power of a tool in order to um, advocate for the dog and to eliminate a problem, um, possibly uh, the only way you can eliminate the problem, um, let alone um, uh, make your life easier for yourself um, as a trainer, but yourself as an owner, and finally get your dog out into the big wide world, which is the goal. I mean, isn't that the goal to be able to do um, all of these different things, you know, with you know, with your dog? So we have a dog with us right now, um, Griffin, and he is extremely fearful and nervous dog. So. It's six months old, probably lack of socialization. He really hasn't been on a lot of walks. No blame of the owners, and I don't blame them, and I'll tell you why. He uh, originally was on a harness, and, which is fine. You know, but plenty of dogs on harnesses don't display this behavior. But he is deathly afraid of uh, cars, vehicles, oncoming as well as from behind. He tries to flee. He gets so nervous, he's actually... Uh, slipped out of a harness um, and escaped before. Not on, not on our watch, but with the owners. So they could walk him. And then when uh, they were able to f- walk him, say like on a collar, um, he would uh, drag the owners home so hard that he would pull the owners home. Now, mind you, it's a 60 pound, I'm sorry, 40 to 50 pound, uh, six month old dog. So let's just start thinking about this logically, please, and not emotionally. Let's just start thinking about it logically. And if you've never experienced a dog like this, well, then you're not in the arena. So you're now you're just speaking from opinion and not fact. And if you've only worked with maybe one dog who was able to fix it a certain way, because we have, we fixed this many different ways. Um, but when that way fails... 
what's next? And then when that way fails, what's next? And when that so sometimes it takes three, four, five different, you know, training protocols to make something work. So when you have a dog that can heal properly in an inside classroom and to a, to a very, very good level, and then you take it to the parking lot and it can heal fine in the parking lot, walk right next to you, nothing really bothers it that much, um, but then you hit the streets. Now, when you when you walk on your average sidewalk um, in an average city uh, or country side, there are vehicles and vehicles pass. You can't stop that. And when the vehicles pass, the dog tries to flee for its life. It is terrified. It's terrified. Excuse my cold here. It's been like three weeks already. Stuffy nose. Many, 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 many dogs are like this. We see them all the time. If a dog is in a harness, you have no control because it will back up. So a lot of these, like, everyone's like, well, try the front clip harness, try this harness, try the gentle, da 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 They're not designed for this. They're originally designed for pulling or stopping, mostly pulling. That's what the harness was designed for. And now they have some no-pull ones, which we're not fans of at all because that's not, you know, really dog training. In, in our, you know, in our in our in our opinion, a lot of people say, well, remote collar training is not dog tra- training. It's like, well, you can have your dog off leash under control with no leash attached at all under voice control. Yes, it is. You're not, you're not just holding on. You're actually teaching the dog an actual command. So. And changing the dog's behavior. So the dog slips out of the harness. So and then and then escapes. So now you're now the harness is no good. If a dog is on a flat buckle collar, the dog puts on the brakes, the dogs will slip out of the flat buckle collar. I'm sure we've all seen this before. So hopefully I'm not saying things that people have not seen before because this is pretty common. If a dog is on a choke chain, it will choke itself. It will, you will actually cause damage to its trachea, to its neck muscles, to its spinal cord, and it will choke itself because they're twisting and they're turning and they're trying to get out. They're making fast head movements with opposing pressure. Um, If they're on a martingale, which is also a limited choke, it's a limited choke. they also will um, will uh, choke themselves. A martingale will not slip off historically if it's fitted right, but it's made to choke. And then you've got a slip lead, which is similar to a choke chain, and that will choke the dog as well. So when you have a dog that's panicking and trying to flee, it won't stop fleeing, you will have all these things. All these things will happen. None of those things will train the dog. If you manage to keep the dog from fleeing, that's all you've done. But there's no learning that goes on. No learning that goes on. Now, a prong collar is as barbaric as it looks, is a fantastic tool. 
A remote collar is a fantastic tool. But a prong collar, remote collar combo is a great way to break through the fear um, the fear that a lot of a prong collar will help you actually change the way the fearful dog looks at the walk, looks at the car, and you will have control, and the dog will actually change everything about it in a positive way. So when there's people that say that prong collars don't change behaviors are full of shit. They've never used one before, or they didn't know how to use one before, and they're full of shit. What a lot of people do, though, is they let the dog pull on the prog. Again, that is not how the tool is designed to um, be used. Yesterday, we were driving down the street, and we saw a gentleman uh, sitting in a car, and another gentleman pushing the car. And they were only two feet away from the gas station, so I had to get out and help them. So the car was not designed to have a driver in it and somebody pushing it. That's not the way the car was designed for. Car was designed, um, the car was designed for um, to be self-running with fuel. And you sit in it and you drive. Drive slow, drive fast, turn corners, but it wasn't designed to be pushed. So a prong tower is not designed to be pulled on. So when you so last night when we're on a walk and we have a dog that is very fearful, whenever it sees a car, it wants to flee. So imagine the dog now pulling as hard as it can because it is afraid for its life with no rational reason. There's no rational reason. Like people try to explain, like why, 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 why? The why doesn't matter. The how to fix matters. The how to fix matters. All right. So what you do is as soon as that dog tries to flee and is not thinking rationally, the dog would get a double pop on the leash. Pop, pop. Like a pop, pop, pop. Not pull, but pop. That all of a sudden now gets, and the dog's already done a lot of pre-work. Keep in mind, the dog has done a lot of pre-work. Then, what will happen is the dog who already knows how to heal properly understands the tool will go back into a heal. It will be nervous, but it will not try to flee. It will not slip out of the collar. It will not activate opposition reflex. It will walk next to you, though fearful, but it will not walk next to you. So now you've taken away the flight, which is good because you don't want the dog to flee because it will get hit by a car 
run away. You'll lose your dog. It could get into a dog fight if it approaches another dog. Um, it could go into somebody's yard. It could go towards someone's child. And if a parent was out there, that would be a bad situation. Um, so now what happens is the dog, you could role play. Whenever you hear a car next to me, you're not a lot of flea. You're not a lot of flea. You're not a lot of flea. All right. So it's so important that people understand how empowering tools can be. Now, a lot of people will say, well, do positive reinforcement training. Okay. We do positive reinforcement training. Let's just put that right on the fucking table. I'm not an idiot. I know how to clicker train a dog. I know how to shape a behavior, but that is not going to work. It will work in a classroom. It will work in a sterile environment. It will work in a edited video. But in the real world, which I have chosen in every category of my life to live in, it won't work. Because if it does work, you don't have a truly fearful, nervous dog. But when you have a fearful, nervous dog, a reward-based system doesn't work as your step one. There has to be force used. There has to be a negative used. There has, but it's not a negative. All right? We can turn that into a positive. You have actually created a good walk. You have created a good walk. So you added a good walk from a bad walk. Like we could go down this semantic rabbit hole all day long. That's why I don't get into the freaking quadrants because it's all bullshit. All that matters is that my dog doesn't slip out of tools and run away. All that matters is my dog doesn't pull on the leash to get away. My, the, the goal is, is that, that I eliminate the fear in my dog and we see it over and over and over and over again. We are in the trenches working with these dogs. If you don't owe these dogs, you'll say, poo-poo, you're full of shit. I didn't have to do that with my dog. If you have a fearful dog and you didn't have to do this, you used another technique, guess what? So have we. But some dogs don't care about all those things. When I teach a dog how to swim, which we'll be doing a lot, the live tonight, by the way, the live, the, the, the 10 to 14-day live that we've been doing at uh, 9.30 in the morning, the, since this week we've got our mastermind, is going to be is it going to be at, I believe, 6 p.m. Uh, this week at night, 6 p.m., I believe, I believe. Um, 
you should have got an email or it should be in your um in your in your portal. And you can still buy the course too, by the way. Uh, right here. Green Graduate Part Two is happening now. And you see if you if you grab yours right now, you click on that, you go right down here, you click on start learning, and you buy it right there. And then when you buy, you can actually add Green Graduate Part One to your order for not half price. And you get a private consult as well for almost half price, $99 if you want to. If you want to. You don't have to. And you can see all of our courses. We've got tons of feedback already on it. But this tells you all about the course. All about the course. The resource cards. Here's all here's showing more. Here's the, the original clip of the intake. So there's so much. And then you see all of our courses up here too as well. All right. So over on Rumble, Terry G says, good morning, good morning to you. Terry Bulldog says, hello, everyone. Hey, how are you? Um, then over on YouTube and uh, Facebook, uh, Denise says, good morning, Jeff. Good morning. Stunglebuns, good morning. Jojo, hey, everyone. Brittany, good morning. John, good morning. The Midge, good morning. TDP. The prong is the first tool that works for our six-month difficult ridgeback. He fought every other tool. Yeah. But it's important that you also do the trading TDP. Don't just rely. So we don't rely on tools because we, we off-leash train dogs. So obviously a prong collar with off-leash training doesn't matter because there's a leash attached. Prongs are only good for uh, any collar or harness is only good if there's a leash attached to it. So um, if you don't have green to graduate at a minimum, get that. Uh, or with the walk the walk course, get that because that'll teach you how to properly walk your dog. Because just because the dog doesn't pull, you still want to have a dog that knows how to walk at a heel. Um, that, that'll be important. That'll be important. But but the, the prong is a fantastic tool to leverage um, and, and guide and advocate for dogs and owners that are struggling. It's a fantastic tool. And anybody that says that prong cowers hurt, well, they can, but most of the time they don't. Like 90 plus percent of the time they don't. Meanwhile, a slip lead usually chokes the dog almost every time. All right. The bitch, God bless the prog. Yep, it's a great tool. I don't care what country's banned them either. That's a stupid defense. Don't go down that line because then we'll start talking about risk crackers being banned in eight countries. Uh, Chris says, good morning, everyone. Can't wait to see Courtney and all she said for Jenna Jesse. Yeah, we'll see you. We'll, she'll see you today. And there's also going to be a big assessment on the dogs, too. That's the most important thing is the assessment of what they're capable of doing. Um, hey there, Jeff. This is from Deb. Working a nervous puppy through so many environmentals is so helpful to learn from. He's doing great. Yeah. So one of the best things people could do is no matter what age um, your dog is, is introduce them to environmentals. You know, as I was going for a walk last night with Angelo and, and Joelle, I was thinking to myself, to myself about how many people made the excuse about, well, their dog either gained weight or wasn't well socialized because of COVID. And I'm thinking to myself, what does COVID have to do with walking your dog? 
What does COVID have to do with walking your dog? Other than parts of California, you know, we're allowed to go outside and walk your dog. And we saw more people outside walking their dogs than ever before. Home Depot and grocery stores were still open. You could have put your dog right outside and have them watch people in shopping carts go in. We still had sun and rain and wind and all kinds of sounds. COVID didn't shut that down. Now, in New England, for two years, you couldn't sit outside of school and wait for recess because the schools were fucking closed as they didn't need to be because it was a big scab. So that's a shitty-ass excuse. That's a lazy excuse. It's just pure laziness to say that COVID is why your dog is a certain way. When it comes to the walk, at least. Separation anxiety, that makes sense. Everybody was home. But but I told everybody how to post-COVID their dogs for separation anxiety. Or anybody that works from home, frankly. Brandy says, my dog is a completely different dog with her prong on. I don't even have to attach her leash to it now. I can put her leash on the flat collar while she just wears the prong collar. Cool. Cool, Brandy. And make sure you're doing... Um, Eventually, you're going to want to try it without the prog. Eventually, just do it with like a slip lead. TDP says, Yes, I'm in the good graduate 2 and 1. Oh, awesome. Good. Snuggle buds. The prog changed uh, everything for me and my dog. I finally found a way to communicate with him that he get through his leisure activity. Awesome. Proud of you. Uh, Snuggle buds obviously says, Hi. Terry says, Could have taken your dogs to strip clubs. LOL. Um, I don't know if they're dog friendly or not, but you probably could. Um, but there's too much, you know. Now I don't think they allow smoking in it, but any place they used to allow smoking in, even a restaurant, I would. Um, I refuse my rich crackers now. What cracker brand do you eat? Sorry, off topic. Um, oh, I don't know. But there's 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 hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of foods in the U.S. that are banned around the world around the world because of the different oils in them. You have to do your research. Hope you do the research. Deb says, uh, nothing. Chris Craig says, I hope you can make the Patreon Zoom this week. I'd love to hear the update on Yana and Jesse. This, this week, I'm not sure what time the Patreon is going to be at. It's going to be at. All right. Um, but yeah, the dogs aren't fighting on our property, but we're also for Chris's dog, but we're also doing, you know, we'll teach Chris proper protocols. So we're not getting fights. They hang out with each other. They walk next to each other. They don't fight. But you have to keep in mind that what people also, when you put your dogs to a boarding train, we also tell you the limitations of the dog. 
me tell you the limitations of the dog. That's important for all dogs. Every dog that's ever come through our property, we always, when they go home, we tell the owners what they should be doing right now, like immediately, and what they can't be doing right now. So the mage says, Jeff, I adopted a, a year, a two-year-old Ronnie, very leash reactive on other dogs, trying to remote cow on a high number. He didn't enjoy it, almost like he was fighting. Should I stick with it, make it suck? No, you, no, mage. There's 20 things you need to do prior to that. Does your dog actually understand the remote collar? Does your dog actually understand a leash correction? Does your dog understand how to actually walk? So leash activity and healing are two different things. But if your dog does not heal properly, which you want to teach first, and just correcting it for being leash reactive, then what do you want your dog to do? And if it doesn't know what to do, how is that going to help? So the last thing I've ever wanted someone to do is just blast their dog. I've spoke about this all the time. Now, we talk about correcting dogs to high levels all the time, but there's context to it. So every time your dog is leashed, first of all, the correction comes before the leash reactivity starts. The correction comes at loading. So if you're just correcting your dog when it's leash reactive, I've said this thousands and thousands and thousands of times, your timing was off. If you want to fix leash reactivity, you do it at the loading stages of leash reactivity. The loading stages, which is pre-leash reactivity. So if you're only catching podcasts and if you're not watching full videos, full videos, it's so important. It's so important. This is understood going to Green to Graduate 2 by the book. You should also get green to graduate one, which is actually slower. What kind of foundation in house? I thought oh, I wanted behaviors. I wanted behaviors get corrected. They do. But have you worked on healing in the driveway? Unwanted behaviors always get corrected. But you have to recognize loading. You have to recognize loading. So first you go from the house to the driveway, up and down the driveway. Then you go for a little bit in a quiet area in the front yard around uh, around distractions. Then you make sure your dog understands remote cow or heel. And then you start recognizing what loading looks like. And then you correct your dog at the loading stage. You absolutely correct on lots of behaviors. But you're better off correcting at the loading stage. For leash reactivity. That's what's really important. That's what's really important. So it could be just a timing issue with you. 
Deb says, day two, my poodle actually walked into the pool, as you've shown on the video. Thank you. You're welcome. See the loading, yeah. So leash reactivity is a skill set. It's a skill set. There's people that can fix it, people that can't fix it, both owners and traders. Stuggabun says, I bought the leash reactivity seminar. Excited to watch it so I can understand in depth. My boy isn't leash reactivity anymore, but I want to learn more. Yeah, the leash reactivity seminar is really, really good as well. Good job, Mitch. Yes. Um, Mark says, my dog ate chicken bones 20 seconds ago. If they were raw, you're fine. If they're cooked, you're fucked. So you better go get some help. But we can help you next time prevent that. Bill says, uh, you thought Vader would be sure bite someone. It took... It took a day or two for uh, y'all to see he was a big bush. Um, he's a nervous, fearful dog. It took us more than a day. It took weeks to figure that out. But he's also really young, Billy, not to be negative. If the fear doesn't get under control, a dog like that is capable of biting. Just to let you know. Some dogs start biting younger. Some dogs don't bite till they're two. Some dogs bite even later than that. But it took a while for him to warm up, actually, to us. Mark says, yeah, I know. Thanks. Okay, I need to, I need to know you do. Because you just threw it up. You just threw it up on Rumble. I don't know if you do. Some people, some people freak out about, like, we feed raw to our dogs we feed them bone and people are like oh i thought they were supposed to have bone i'm like cooked bone they're not but raw bones are usually fine i probably wouldn't feed my dog chicken wings though raw even raw even raw we go for the bigger bones we go for the bigger bones the ones they can chew up the ones they can chew up we go up usually sometimes turkey wing Turkey wings are bigger. I'll do that once in a while, but it's, been, it's actually been a really long while. So, um, Freya loves raw rib bones and center. Yes, yeah, raw rib bones are great. Uh, Mark says she never has done it before straight out of the compost. Yeah, what we can do is we can make it so the compost is hot. The compost is hot. So we can make it to keep your dog away from the compost. So it's the same protocol, basically, as uh, resource guarding. You just make the compost area hot. Uh, was there live yesterday for Green Graduate? No, there was not. We took the day off. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. Kim says, good morning, Jeff. We walked out the door. Dog was at the top of the steps out of nowhere. Wow. Came two off leash, frantic barking, yappy dogs who rushed our steps. Wow. No time to acknowledge loading. We're in it. Yeah, that's going to happen. That's always going to happen. You're always going to have those what-if moments. Luckily, I was able to move him back into the house. What a flashback that was for me. What would you have done? I did have that conversation with a neighbor after the fact. I previously told her my dog is reactive to small dogs. Well, 
This is the thing, Kim. You did the right thing, but I would with the conversation I wouldn't have had with the neighbor was that my dog is reactive to small dogs. The thing I conversation would I would have with a neighbor is keep your fucking dogs off my property, let alone my front porch. Because your dogs might not make it off my property alive. So why did you take the blame and play the victim technically and make an excuse for your dog when it was their dogs that were in the wrong? So what you do is you approach your neighbor kindly and you say, I please, you say please the first time. All right. I had a problem with my neighbors and I was nice at first until I said, I'm not being nice anymore. Now I'm going to fucking be an asshole. But and then, by the way, that solved the problem that day. But I'm very, very nice at first. I give I always give somebody the benefit of the doubt, but you could ask the neighbor, "Can you keep your dogs off my property? This is my property. Keep your dogs. Your dogs are on my front porch, barking their heads off." I cannot guarantee the safety of your dogs. So if you care about your dogs, you'll keep them off my property. It's a simple request to make. Correct? All right, everybody. I got to get going. I got to head to... Uh, Take Angelo to camp, get over to the mastermind, madly love with you before, before, uh, I got to do this all before, um, um, so Kim says they're Chinese and their English understanding is the best. I was firm both with her and her husband. Cheers. Well, get on your Google translate and say it and do translate it into Chinese. Find out their dialect, find out their dialect and, uh, Make sure it's translated. But their English would be good enough. They were able to rent or buy the house next to you. They're able to drive. They're able to have a car. They probably have a job. They're able to go grocery shopping. Right? But you'd still understand to keep your dogs off your property. Right? I'll tell you what, Kim. Go to their house. All right? Go to their house. Go on the front porch. Ring their bell. Drop your pants. Take a shit on their front porch. Now do you understand staying off someone's front porch? Do you understand the concept of staying off someone's front porch now? You know, you, oh, I, I thought you had no problem with people 
or or I mean dogs, but you can just we'll do it yourself or have your dog over there take a shit. Right? Oh, you don't mind, do you? You don't mind if my dog comes on your front porch and fucking takes the fucking shit right in front of your front door? You don't mind, do you? Because it's acceptable to have dogs on a, a neighbor's front porches. They say they're sorry. I'm sure. I'm sure they are sorry. But those are words. What's the actions? You don't have to tell them that your dog killed a small dog. You're playing victim again. You don't have to say those things. Okay, my dogs have never killed dogs on the front property, but I would still be forceful and say, keep your dogs off my property. I cannot guarantee the safety of your dogs. Not from you don't have to explain from your dogs, from yourself. It's your house. It's your property. Keep your dogs off of it. Simple concepts. These are simple concepts. Right? The United States of America, we have the right to our property. We have the right to keep animals and people off of our property. Or they're trespassing. These are rights that our forefathers have fought for. Just saying. All right, everybody. Madly in love with you. Everybody take care. Bye-bye.